Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that would never sign with the New York Knicks. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. Uh, we've got Mike Pellucci, as always. We've got Dave DeFore lurking in the background. He may or may not be uh, popping in some opinions. He always says sometimes that he's going to you know, just lurk. And he always has something to say. So just flies off the top rope, the, man. That's the, that's the Dave DeFore promise. Mike, how are you doing? Um, it is it is a a newsy day, um, a day before it should be the newsy day, right? But it's funny how that works out. I was told that there is no tampering in the National Basketball Association. That never ever happens. And yet, we're at a place where Jalen Brunson is leaving. You know, it's it's not official um, because of all of the tampering things that come with these type of decisions and processes, but. Look, he's leaving. He's he's going to go sign with the Knicks, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm still talking to people, making phone calls, and figuring out all the exact reasons and the dynamics that are involved in that decision for Brunson to go to New York. But let's talk about what we know, and, and let's talk a little bit about, you know, just why it happened and what the Mavericks do next. We'll probably keep this one quick, but I'm curious what you're curious about Mike what questions do you have about so, this entire saga yeah um let's start with and I think some of this will be me asking Tim questions as a sort of a conduit for I feel like what every Mavs adjacent person is curious about because Tim Tim knows things and what Tim knows he can tell us and what he doesn't know yet he will find out um let's start with this as recently as a few weeks ago it was the overwhelming sentiment that Jalen Brunson is staying. Jalen Brunson will be a Dallas Maverick for whatever number they'll work out. Now, uh, it's obvious that that's not happening. And as you reported yesterday, it's apparently behind the scenes, Dallas has been bracing for this. What has changed? How did we get to this point? Yeah, I, I think that the Mavericks have increasingly understood that this was the likely scenario. Uh, this is not something I knew for two weeks, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I thought Jalen Brunson was coming back. Right. We've said that on I the believe show. The, yeah. I, I think the Mavericks believed entering this off season that Brunson wanted to be back. They thought that was his preference and a player's preference being coming back gives you a lot more flexibility and just leverage, quite frankly, that, you know, they didn't. You know, I, I think I think if if they're working under the assumption that Brunson is coming back, they probably don't feel the need to throw, you know, a or they don't have the understanding that they need to throw the most lucrative offer possible at him, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you think there's some, you know, I don't know if goodwill is the term here, but some mutual preference to work towards the number that isn't just the highest number, right? So I don't I don't know if. Brunson has even definitively communicated Brunson, his camp, his agents, uh, his dad, you know, all of the above. I don't even know if that's been definitively communicated to the Mavericks, but the Mavericks have started to hear and see the same stuff that started getting reported with Mark Stein last week. Uh, He was the first person to really go in depth about this possibility. The Mavericks had been hearing and understanding 
those same things for a period of, of multiple weeks. And, you know, it's impossible to say exactly how long that period is, but it's clear that they've been building towards an understanding that this was a likely scenario. And as of yesterday, you know, it had reached a point where everybody understood that this is the way that it was going to go with near certainty, honestly, with certainty. That's that's what I reported. And it, it is it is at a yeah. point of certainty now. And look, the Mavericks were always going to prepare contingency plans if Brunson did decide to leave. You know, that is that is what a front office does in this situation. Yeah, point blank. If you have an unrestricted agent. Exactly. Yep. But I, I also have an understanding from people I talk to that over the past weeks, you know, yesterday when it became a point of certainty that Brunson was going to leave, there was no surprise within the organization. The conversations they were having around the team had been uh, shading this direction for quite some time. Question two. We've heard reports of what New York is paying, which I feel like something they wrote a four for 110. We have not heard reporting about Dallas going above that number because Dallas can present the best financial offer, right? That's in the CBA. Is this because there is a number that the Mavericks have said we're not going past that? Is this because they know that it doesn't really matter and as much as the money is nice for Jalen, there are other factors that are pushing him out of town regardless? Is it a combination of both? What is it? I think my best guess, educational guess, informed guess, I'm not at a point where I can say definitively with, you know, leak sources tell me, you know, all, all of this stuff. But I, I think it's a combination of factors. And I, I have an understanding that I, I think the Mavericks do have a, a number they were not going to go over for Brunson. But I think when the offseason started, it was a number that they couldn't fathom any other team would reach. And clearly, New York came in, and they went well past that number. And so, I, I don't, I don't know exactly how Dallas reacted to that. If if there was serious consideration of throwing way more money at him, or if at that point it seemed clear, you know, I, I think one interesting thing is is this, uh, you know, the idea of the four fifty five extension that Rick Brunson claimed his son would have taken in like January. I'm, I don't think that's right. It, it, first off, it doesn't pass the test logically, right? We knew in January that Brunson had outplayed that contract. And if there was tension that stemmed from that, from the Mavericks not offering, I, I guess there's a possibility it was <laughs> miscommunication or, or it was multiple actors all, you know, exerting some level of agency. I it, it's I'm still trying to get to the bottom of this because I see like a few different possibilities. Um I, I don't think four for fifty-five was something Brunson would have taken. It, again, it, it you don't even need reporting to understand that. He had outplayed that monetary figure by January. Yeah, I we think at that it. point we were thinking yeah. around twenty, right? If Tim Hardaway right. got four for seventy-eight, I think we were thinking that's the floor or thereabouts, if nothing else. Not four for fifty. Yeah, I feel like we were already talking about this Van Vliet structure, this Van right. Vliet salary right. yeah. as early as January. And so I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if 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 the Mavericks, you know, if 
you know, if the Mavericks didn't offer that at the time, because they're like, hey, we're not going to insult you, we're not going to be pedantic and offer something that's clearly below your where your value has come. Uh, you know, in January, the Mavericks did want to resign Brunson, you know, and, and they did have a number that they were willing to sign him at this summer. And if New York, you know, was not in the league, I think Jalen Brunson is, you know, I think it's very clear Jalen Brunson would be coming back. You know, it, it was, you know, this this decision had gone to really just being between Dallas and New York. I don't think that there was any other team in serious that that was being seriously considered by Brunson's team. But because New York went so high with their pay scale, because they were willing to offer that much, um, it's just, you know, this is in, in some manner, this is the way that, that Dallas reacted, whether it's, you know, just saying this is above what we're comfortable paying um, or this is clearly the direction and the way that you're feeling that, you know, it, it seems clear that New York is maybe even a pre- preferred destination for you. Um, and so, you know, we're going to let you let you go with the understanding that there's not much we can do that we feel comfortable doing. You know, it's not like we can just slap another 10 million on it. Um, that's my understanding. Um, I, I think it is a combination of things. Um, but what exactly, uh, you know, every single ingredient, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to get the recipe of all the ingredients that went into <laughs> Jalen Brunson, New York, Nick, and so still going to be working on that over, over the next few days. And I'm saying as much as I can. And by the way, one, one random, like inside baseball, when I, when I like, I almost hate getting off the record information, but you know, it's not, it's not something I seek out. Um, when I say, okay, you know, I've heard a little bit more and I can't talk about it or something like that. It's not, it's not me trying to be like, oh, look at all this, uh, juicy insight I have. Ha ha. Look at me. It's like, I am not at a point yet where I have corroborated or decided who is actually telling me the correct information. And thus I'm not comfortable sharing it yet. You know, maybe I only have one side of the story or one other side of the story, or maybe I have both sides of the story and they conflict and I don't know where the middle point is. Um, I, I think most people who operate like that, who say things like that, uh, I, I think, you know, the good journalists, that's where they're coming from. And, and that's why they're saying things like that. So I am, you know, reading between the lines in a few places. You know, I, I am, uh, you know, I do have info I can't share yet. But again, it's it's a it's an it's the nature of not being comfortable that it's correct info or accurate info just yet. Question three. The Mavericks are a tax team either way. That's not changing. This is their second best player. With New York shedding salaries in the trade last night with Detroit, there is minimal reason to believe there will be a sign and trade, or at the very least, if there is one, Dallas is not getting a ton of value back because they don't have any cards. If you are the Mavericks, and let's say Jalen Brunson says, yeah, I'll stay with the five years and you going above New York's offer, which means in excess of you know roughly 27 a year, right? So let's say it's Four, let's say it's five for at 28 per, five at 29 per. You're the Mavericks. Do you think they should have given him that? Or do you think this is the right call to walk away from the table? Because this is a guy who, until, you know, Chris Haynes is reporting last, yesterday that, you know, from someone in Jalen's camp that he believes there's another level he could get to if he's the lead guy, right? So maybe he's true. Maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe it's not. We haven't seen it. So judging what we have seen from Jalen Brunson, weighing the idea of you're losing your second best player, but also if you pay him this, it's going to be cap hell for a little while. 
What do you do if you're Dallas? Would you have given them the money or would you have said, you know what, there is, they are right and justified in saying there's a walkaway price here? So this is, this is analyst uh, opinion, Tim, talking now. You know, that's, that's the question you just asked. Um, yes. I still think that it made sense to pay him. One interesting uh, tidbit, I, I don't even know if this was sourced, but more speculated. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, Fred Katz uh, cited this. I, I believe he cited it from someone else. Uh, the possibility that New York might give Jalen Brunson a, a declining scale contract where he starts at about 30 and then goes down to 28 and then goes down to 26 and then goes down to like, you know, 25. That seems way more appealing to me. Again, I don't, I don't even know if that was on the table. You know, I heard Zach Lowe say a couple days ago on his podcast that it sounded like New- Dallas would have to drastically outbid to, to keep Jalen Brunson. And that passes my, you know, my initial hearing of it, you know, like that does seem accurate from, you know, what I'm hearing, even if, even if I can't, you know, say that I, I can confirm that directly. And, you know, if, if it was just about matching the exact salary and if that was an option where they could get him on, you know, four years, 105, 107 on a declining scale, that makes Brunson a really valuable asset. Um, and again, I hate, I almost hate using the asset word, but, but you know, when you're thinking about yeah, contracts yeah. and finances, when you're coming from a front office perspective, one important thing you do when you're evaluating players is can this contract be traded at a later point? Right. And this is the Mavericks, Tim Hardaway scenario. Right. This is, this I don't think the Mavericks would sign Brunson to trade him at this deadline immediately. No. But a year from now, on a declining scale, on a four-year deal, I, I think I think that's that's a awfully interesting contract that that does get pretty close to his value. But again, I, I, but I, I don't think, think that that's the, the scenario, right? I mean, they right. would have to I, go I think over. That's the big question, right? And, you, and part of going over, you would think, who knows? Maybe he wants to opt out a year earlier. But most players want the fifth year if they're staying. You know, you right. get the extra year of guaranteed cash. Jalen at that point would be 31. You could still go out and get a payday afterwards. So assuming it's more and it's the five-year deal, let's say it's not the declining scale, you still pay him. Right. And that's what, you know, that's what ESPN's to McMahon reported was that what the Mavericks had offered. And again, I'd be very, you know, one thing I'd be curious trying to find out is when they offered this, when this was on the table. You know, maybe maybe this was their first offer, you know, in, in very initial agent talks at the very beginning of the off season. And, but it was the Van Vliet over five years. That was the structure. And that was the price according to ESPN's McMahon that they had, uh, you know, approached Brunson and his, his team with, um, is that tampering? I forget if I forget if it's your own free agent, you can at least no, have you can, you can, I right? think you could negotiate, right? I don't know. Maybe this is where Dave pops in and says something. I think you could negotiate yeah. with your own guys, though. Um, Tampering is a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a yeah. headache. Um, question four. And this is maybe this is reporter Tim. Maybe this is analyst Tim. But look, there are factors working in New York's favor that are bigger than money, right? His father is on the coaching staff. His agent is the son of Leon Rose. He gets to be the guy running the show offensively, uh, even though we could sit here and debate with Julius Randle and RJ Baird how much of his shot load actually increases. Uh, But all of this stuff we've known about. We've known about this for months. 
And as you're saying, you know, Dallas didn't expect New York to go as far as they did. But my question is, should they have? And the bigger question is, how much of this is on Dallas versus just, well, this is how the cookie crumbles, right? Because on the one hand, you have these factors that you're not getting his agent's father to come here. You're not getting his father to come here. You're not ever going to give him a bigger role here, you know, because this is Luka Doncic's team. But on the flip side, if you're Dallas, don't you kind of have to know this being the Knicks and all of these things being telegraphed that they might go to the mattresses and do anything it takes to get off of this money? Like, how much of this are you sitting here going, you know, this is before the whole should they've offered an extension or not and the whole why did they give him a four-year deal instead of a three-year restricted offer that most second-year, you know, second-round picks get? How much of this in your mind is on Dallas versus how much of this is, well, a player made a choice. Some of those factors are bigger than anything Dallas could offer. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, like you reference, you know, it starts with allowing him to be, you know, signing him to a, a contract as a second-year pick that allowed him to be a restricted free agent instead of a, a, a an unrestricted free agent instead of a restricted one. You know, I, I, that's probably the starting place, but that's, that's the prior front office. You could argue that they should have signed him to a 455 extension before the season. That, to my understanding, I, I think everybody's understanding, you know, it's, it's understood that he would have taken it before the season. Beyond that, but, and you I'll, know, I'll defend them. I'll defend them on this, though. If you, coming off of the playoff series he had, where some of this is on Rick Carlisle, obviously, but you know, Rick Carlisle chose to play Trey Burke over Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson could not stay on the floor. I don't blame them for not giving him that money in August before you see what he actually does this year. I'm not going to – that to me, we can sit here and point figures of what Dallas did or didn't do. I don't blame them for that. I think they earned the right to say, all right, prove it to us, and then we'll go from there. Right. And in terms of the in-season TikTok, you know, we, we already talked about how I, I really don't feel that 4 for 55 was on the table, but there may have been that the way it was handled may have been mishandled, or it may have been an influence one way or the other that Dallas really had, had no control over. That's the sort of stuff that I'm, I'm very interested in finding out and, and we'll keep looking more into. You're right that you know, they, they can't compete with this idea that Jalen Brunson, like like the family ties, the father and father figures represented in New York, um, they can't compete with that. You know, there's 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 no expectation that they could. Dallas did enter this offseason believing that Brunson wanted to return, and they really did all they could to sell him on the winning culture on a role he fits very well a prominent role you know it's not right yeah. it's not above lucas but it it is the most you know you second you, best guy on a really good team yeah second best guy second scorer second shot you know second leading shot taker um all of those things would have remained true next season so i i don't fault them for that you know i don't fault a player for believing in themselves and thinking that there's a higher ceiling they could reach. I have, you know, as an analyst, I have quibbles with that. I'm, I I view Jalen Brunson as being a player closer to being maxed out in terms of his on-court production than not. Um, certainly, I think he maxed out what he can do defensively. And, you know, and I thought I thought he had an okay defensive season, but, you know, it, it's still something, he's still a 6'1", 
guard without elite athleticism. Right. You know, at, at times he's going to get targeted. At times he is is going to be the weakest link. I I think that you know Dallas. You know, I guess the other the other interesting part of this is that Jalen had always won. Like like a lot of his identity is built around winning, about college championships, about grinding, about being a basketball lifer. And I have to think that is true. Like I don't I don't think that we suddenly feel like we misrepresented who Jalen Brunson was and what many of you know a lot of his priorities are. And you know, maybe maybe that's the case. You know, maybe maybe he just wants to be an all star. But I, I don't feel like that's a accurate depiction of the Jalen Brunson that that we feel we've come to to know. And so the question is, okay, so if it's not that, or you know, maybe maybe it's a little bit that, maybe you know, maybe an aspect of that is is wrong that that he does you know that part of his basketball grind part of his bas- being a basketball lifer is that you're always going to challenge yourself to a higher level but i think the other question is like okay what other factors would be large enough and in you know serious enough and and big enough that it would affect the decision he made and clearly money i i think has to be the first one you think of um the idea that he might have felt slighted at some point by something the Mavericks did, even even if you know, you know, even if it was the Mavericks not offering that four for fifty five, that doesn't logically make much sense because you know he's about to get double that, right? You know, of course, but but you know maybe there was you know maybe there was something and 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 hopefully I I can you know get clear info and insight on that in in the in the coming days and in week, um. Because to you me, know, I and, think that's a very right. big storyline here. It's, right. you know, this idea, especially it got tossed around. I think Zach was the one who brought it up, this idea of possible resentment that he has towards the organization. That to me is interesting because, again, if and, and I'm curious to see how much he will, you know, JB is a pretty good talker and he's someone who is, he tends to be fairly upfront about stuff. But there's also a way to talk about all the things that drew you to New York and not mention any of this because nobody's going to doubt him if he says, hey, Family ties, bigger role. I'm an East Coast guy. My dad is here. They pay me a bunch of money. Nobody will think he's lying because he probably isn't. All that is appealing. The question is very much, did Dallas do something that they could have done better? Did he resent something? And for that matter, did he resent something that he is right to resent, right? These are professional athletes. And sometimes the really competitive ones will invent anything to motivate them, right? If you need a reminder, just look at all the stupid stuff that Golden State did after that Boston series. All those tiny little things like a Twitter post from six months ago or the stupid t-shirt that Draymond had. So it stands to reason that if you can get that in your head as motivation, then money sure as hell can. Um, and, you know, and look, I, I don't think you, know, you brought up a good point about Jalen the winner. You know, that's who he's been. And maybe we've always thought about him that way. Well, you know what? And I'm guilty of not thinking about it this way. Jalen won a lot, but Jalen was the guy when he won. He was the most outstanding player in the country for Villanova. He wasn't the third guy on that team. He was the man. And certainly, I don't think it's in Congress, because I know people are sitting here going, well, Jalen cares so much about winning. Why is he going there? Because there is not a chance to win there. But if you are him and you have maximized every facet of your athletic ability, every step of the way, you have gotten this far in your life 
what people didn't think you'd get here, right? Anybody who told you a year ago that Jalen Brunson would be making $110 million, you bookies would not take that action. It just would not be on the table. So if there's anybody who's going to believe in himself and possibly use anything he can to motivate himself if necessary, you can see how this would be the guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that lays out, you know, the the big questions really well. And I hope I hope we get answers. I hope I get answers, you know, that that you know, we're, we're of course we're curious about this. Do you think I, I don't I don't have an answer to this. Do you think if, if Luca doesn't injure his calf on the last day of the season and he's he's healthy to start the Utah series and they <laughs> they clean up real easily, you know, in five games and, and Jalen Brunson does not score forty one and thirty one in back to back games. You think Jalen well, Brunson is a Maverick right now? What a fascinating what if. Oh my gosh, yeah. I have not thought about that. I mean Yeah. You figure I don't know. I, I don't know. It knocks yeah. a lot of money off the price tag. To the point, and listen, I think there's a big difference between because going into the playoffs, we thought he'd get about 20 million annually, right? There's a big difference. For all we know, New York still would have gone after him. But there's a big difference if you tell Dallas you got to go over the top to keep him, of going from, let's say, 20 ish to 25 to keep him versus going 25 to 30, right? right. I think that is a very significant difference in today's NBA. And if you don't believe me, check back in two years when all of Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson make a hundred million dollars annually. Cause I, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, no matter how good Jalen is, if those are your three best dudes on nine figure deals, it's only going to get so good. Even if Jalen Brunson becomes an all-star player, it's only going to get so good. Right. So, you know, I kind of think he is, but man, that's, that's such a butterfly effect type thing. Um, I mean, it's these questions, my suspicion is I don't think we're ever going to know all the answers. This isn't a Steve Nash thing it's where Steve unlikely. Nash, yeah. right? I mean, look, I, I tweeted this yesterday that like, don't do, nobody should be doing the whole, oh, well, you know who else was a good point guard that they let go and was friends with the star player? Oh, ho, ho, ho. this isn't Steve Nash. He's not as good as Steve Nash was even before the MVPs, right? But also the Steve Nash thing was cut and dry. Steve said, this is what I'm getting offered. Can you match it? Mark Cuban said, no, the end. I don't think this is nearly as cut and dry. I think this is very complicated. I think that, uh, you know, and I'm included in this when I write about it, but I think anybody in our position should probably be very careful what they write and how they write it and how they frame it because I bet there will always be some unknowns that we don't know. But I will say this, you know, like, look, I, I've, I've talked to plenty of people, and I'm sure you have, about, like, what happens if he does go. Even as rough as it is to lose your second best player and presumably not get anything back, I don't think the Jalen Brunson we saw in Dallas was ever going to be the type of player that will cripple this thing and will make you say, oh, they can't go over the top now, right? And I think that's a, the way I phrase that is important because if Jalen Brunson is right and he does take a step in New York, well, he's already leaked it and for good reason. He doesn't think he could do that here. And I think he's right because I'm sorry, like, you know, the, the way this was phrased was he doesn't think that he could take that step playing next to the, you know, the most ball dominant player in the league. Well, the statement you should take for that is more Jalen thinks he has something more in him and he might be able to achieve that better elsewhere. Not it's a mistake to let the most gifted offensive player of his generation do a bunch of things with non all stars next to him. Okay. That's, I'm sorry. Luka Doncic is and will be the focal point of this offense. And that won't change to a meaningful degree unless they bring in the equivalent of a Chris Paul to James Harden in Houston six years ago. It's not going to change. So once you accept that premise, 
then I think you have to accept the fact that whatever Jalen becomes in New York, it wasn't going to happen here. He can still be a valuable piece that they will miss, but whatever he goes to in New York, that's not that. How do I put this? That isn't going to be a gotcha moment for Dallas. It shouldn't be because just by the nature of what he will do, it was never going to happen here. And it shouldn't have happened here because Luka Doncic is going to be a Hall of Fame player. So it, once you realize that, I think it's manageable. I don't, it's not good that he's leaving for nothing. It's definitely not what they prefer, but I don't think this is some organizationally crippling thing that could set them back. I think there are ways out of this. What those are, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, but I don't think this is a DOA moment by any stretch of the imagination for what this team is doing. That's a, that's a good monologue. That's a, that's a Tim inspired monologue. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Kind of sounds like some of mine on this podcast. (laughs) I'll go back to one thing briefly that you said, and and then we'll, we'll close up. We will be back uh, later this week, talking more about the future, about moves the Mavs may or may not have made yet. uh, Things like that. Uh, You know, maybe more about the, the Brunson decision and why it happened, but why it happened to completely understand why it happened. You may need to completely understand Jalen Brunson's psyche and everything that he views as important to him. And it's he could choose to do to reveal that to us, but he can also choose not to. And that's his right. He doesn't you know, there there will be explanations and reasons given and provided for why he made this decision. Uh because you have to give something and it will come from somewhere and, you know, and, but yeah, if, if, if the total understanding of why he did this is something that only he can understand, you know, he's perfectly within his right to say, no, you know, I'm, i it, it was my decision and, and it's not one that he needs to explain. Um, and certainly yeah. if I ever sign a job offer for 110 million, I'm not explaining that to anyone, you know, You're not I took conference. the money, man. <laughs> I took the money. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I really, I've really enjoyed watching him as a player and, and I'm, I'm wishing him the best of luck in, uh, in, in New York. And I agree, you know, I, I don't think this is a good thing for the Mavericks, but I don't think it's crippling, but I think there's a lot more room to talk about this, uh, later this week. Uh, and it really for several weeks, um, lasting well into July. I am, I am sure that ramifications and dynamics of everything that happened and how the Mavericks handled it and approached it and what it means to their future is something we're going to dive deeper into. As for now, we're going to end this here. Thanks for listening. We'll see ya. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick Doncic from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. (laughs) It's a wrap, Doug. That is a wrap. (laughs) Woo!